Hi, welcome to Colonial Williamsburg, past and present on history.org. This is Behind the Scenes. Hi, welcome to the podcast. I'm Harmony Hunter. With me today is Jay Gaynor, Director of Historic Trades at Colonial Williamsburg. Jay is back on the program today to update us on the progress of a project that is consuming, I'm sure, all of your time. Jay, thanks for being with us today. Pleasure to be here. For folks who might not be familiar with this Canon project, can you review what the uh, what the process is you're going through and what you're trying to achieve? Um, we're doing it just to see if it can be done, to be totally honest. You're, you're reconstructing, we're, we're reconstructing an 18th century, an 18th century Canon. Uh, it is a reproduction of a British light three-pounder, which was a gun that was developed about the time of the American Revolution, saw deployment over here during the Revolution. So there are several challenges. One is getting all the information that we need to, to build this thing accurately, and we want to make it as accurate as possible. Uh, the other is attempting this cannon casting technique, this bronze casting technique, which is new for us. We have a lot of documentation from the 18th century that explains how they did it then. Um, of course, like most documentation of that type, there's a lot of details that aren't filled in, and that's what we're doing right now. We're trying to, uh, to figure out and we're finding out what can go wrong, <laughs> and uh, we're in the process of trying to think through that and um, make it work. So last time we talked, you were preparing to pour this <clears throat> first cannon, to pour the metal into the form. Right. What's happened since then? Well, to go back a little bit, the, the reverberatory furnace that we built worked. Um, we experimented off-site with some folks that were helping us with it, and uh, we weren't sure. We thought that may be one of the major major problems we'd run into, but it worked well, and it worked the first time. So we were absolutely thrilled about that. Uh, the casting that came out, when it came out of the ground and we broke the mold away from it, looked pretty good. And so we thought that maybe we'd been lucky all around. Once we started to clean it up, put it on the lathe, started to skim the surface, we realized that we had some major problems with porosity, with little honeycombing um, on the brass, brass casting itself. And what we've been doing over the last couple of months is trying to figure out why that happened and what we can do to eliminate as many of the variables as possible so that we can control the process and, and narrow down where the problem might be coming from. We're going to cast another cohorn, relatively small. We want to get that right, get our casting procedures down so that they work before we go for the bigger barrel. What are you going to do differently this time? Several things. Um, I think just the experience of running the furnace that first time taught us some things. Um, but we're aware of three or four factors that, that may have been major in what went wrong. One, we don't think that we baked the clay mold to a high enough temperature, that it probably still had too much moisture in it. So we're going to literally fire this next mold. We may even use a modern pottery kill just so that we can control that and make sure that it's, it's baked to a high enough temperature to provide the the porosity and, and the nature of the material that we need for the mold. So that's one. Uh, two, and this was suggested by one of the folks that got in touch with us through the blog, was that we didn't divert an initial part of the pour at all. So we may have washed some things into the mold that we could avoid by, by running a little bit of it off somewhere else first and then going into the mold. So you're saying you're, you have this hot liquid metal coming down a chute into the mold. Right. And what might have happened is that this liquid metal, just from the from the chute that it was flowing through, might have picked up some debris. Some or, or in the furnace itself. We want to see if we can get rid of some of that. Uh, we don't think we degassed it properly. Um, when bronze is molten, it tends to absorb hydrogen, and uh, that gives some some gas in the in the bronze itself, which can form bubbles when you pour it. 
Um, so we're looking at, at ways we can do that better. And the other thing that may have happened, we don't know for sure, is that the bronze may have been too hot. Uh, we've only got a little door about a foot square that we can access the bronze when it's melting. Uh, as soon as you put a piece of wood in there to stir it or poke it or whatever, it immediately turns into charcoal. And we're thinking that maybe we thought that the bronze was still gooey or solid when in reality we were dealing with the scum that had sort of formed on the top of it. So we're going to try to monitor that better and um, probably do something really simple like wearing welder's goggles so that we can see better what's going on inside the furnace when we're getting ready to do the pour. Does it give you a new respect for the way that the craftsmen who were trying to figure this out in the 18th century? Um, I think that respect has always been there. <laughs> uh, it's interesting because some of the problems that we're having are the same kind of problems they were dealing with, uh, which is kind of reassuring. Um, but there's no doubt, Well, and again, some of the people that we've talked to on the blog have, have brought this out, that the folks doing it then started doing this stuff when they were kids. They were working under folks that had been doing it for 25 and 30 years, and um, you know there was a huge amount of empirical knowledge about what they were doing. And trying to start out from scratch like we're doing is going to entail some, hopefully, some um, some good reasoning and research and application. But there's going to be a, a good dose of good luck there too, because we're we're really trying to do something that that uh, has been lost for a long time, and we don't have that continuity. There's no way we can go back to it. So nobody else is making cannons this way anymore. You're attempting it for the first time in 200 years? I don't know if it's 200 years or not, because I'm not sure when the technology really changed from the late 18th century on, but certainly nobody has tried to do it like this in the 20th century, as far as I know. People are certainly casting cannon barrels, but they're basically using modern foundry techniques. So how will you, how will you know you've been successful? When we get a piece of bronze out of there that doesn't have holes in it. It's, it's pretty much that simple. Um, and the only way we can really tell that is once it's out of the ground, we put it on the lathe, we skim the surface, we see what it looks like. We expect some surface roughness. That's, that's just part of the process. Um, if we get a, a, what appears to be a good, clean surface, then we'll bore it and see what it looks like internally. And if it appears to be solid, um, some folks have suggested it might not be a bad idea to x-ray it. That's something to think about. Uh, and you know, once we think we've got something that's right, we'll proof it and see what it does. We'll pull out the casting, we'll clean it up, we'll see what it looks like. Um, if it looks good, we'll see what was a variable and what we had control over. Uh, and probably in the, in the cases where we're using modern technology, like firing that mold in a pottery kill, rather than doing it as they would have done it in the 18th century, we'll try to do some reverse engineering and figure out how we can do that using the correct period technology. And once we feel like we've got a lock-in on those things, we'll go for the bigger pour. We'll go for the light three. Tell me about the blog. Oh, uh, the blog is up on the Colonial Williamsburg Internet site. It's called The Cannon Blog. And um, we've been able to post a lot of photographs there of the process up to this point. We've been able to post uh, quite a bit of dialogue about what's happening, including uh, feelings of success that were almost immediately smashed by knowledge of failure. Uh, but what's been neat about it is that um, we've attracted a huge amount of input from folks that have been interested in this topic for a long time, that have written about it, that have done their own castings, and we're getting a, some really wonderful input from folks that uh, is helping us a lot to think about what we're doing and refine the whole process. That's great. What else are you learning as you move through this process of trying to recreate an 18th century canon? Well, I think as you pointed out, we're, we're 
certainly sustaining our respect for the folks that did this during the 18th century, sort of as a matter of course. Um, but I think it's just exciting to to do this stuff. It's it's detective work. It's hands on, and uh, it, it's something that historic trades is really all about. Is taking something that you know why why do this? We know how to cast cannon barrels using 21st century technology. Why go back 200 years and and try to refigure out how to do it? And it's it's simply the joy of discovery in many cases. And uh, it, it's pretty exciting to realize that you're going through these same processes and. Um, and, and trying to replicate something that was a part of everyday life a couple of centuries ago that we've kind of lost along the way. That we really appreciate the donor support that uh, that's making all this possible, and we're having fun. And uh, when we get to the point where we feel like we're we've got it down, and we uh, we're going to have a successful big barrel pour, we'll let everybody know. Great. Thanks so much for being with us, Jay. And a good pleasure. Luck. Thanks. That's Colonial Williamsburg, past and present this time. We like hearing from you. Send us a comment at history.org slash podcasts. Check back often. We'll post more for you to download and hear. <laughs>